Hello, hello. Welcome to episode four of Mixtape and Identity. I'm your host, Shane. My guest this week is Mac, aka the Macaroni Prince. And we're live, baby! Yes, thank you so much for joining me for the fourth case of Mixtape and Identity. My guest this week is my good friend, Mac. Mac is one of my oldest, one of my closest friends. He also happens to be one of the funniest people I know. He's a fantastic Twitch streamer and one of the hosts of the hilarious podcast, Portis Reinvention. I really, really enjoyed having this conversation with Mac. It was a really good way to get to know him even better. It's a good laugh, but he also has some serious points to make as well. And I really appreciated that. I'm going to give a quick content warning at this point. We do touch on the topic of suicide in this episode. Nothing graphic or even overly detailed, but it is part of the reasoning behind Mac's sad song so if that's something you'd rather not listen to we get to it at about the 24 minute mark and skip ahead about six minutes and you'll avoid it quick reminder as well if this is your first time listening uh, you can access the playlist in advance of the episode so go follow us on instagram or twitter for all the details but for now we'll get into episode four of mixtape and identity with Matt. So, first of all, how how often do you actually listen to music? You know, quite sincerely, I was thinking about this whenever you first asked me, and I was like, I probably listen to music a considerable amount less than I used to. And mm. I think that's probably with the rise of podcasts, and uh, how would I put this? I, I think I have an incredibly low attention span, so it's even like the right. same with podcasts. It takes a lot for me to binge one, like something that's like a few episodes I can get through, but I feel like even if I listen to like three or four episodes of the, of the same podcast within like a week I, I have to turn it off and then I put music mm. on but then the same thing will happen where after half an hour I'll be like well I haven't heard anyone talk for a while so I'll just put a podcast back on and I flip kind of right. between them so music has become very flippant but it's it's like every day every day for at least an hour I'd listen to music but it's it might right. be broken up into 20 minute segments or something and is it mostly playlists that you're listening to then or do you listen to albums what sort of stuff you listen to um i have only really recently started trying to listen to complete albums because even whenever i used to buy mm. like physical cds i would listen to the first like 20 seconds of a song and decide if i liked it and then i would pretty much just listen right. to the ones i liked <laughs> like i've always yeah. just been like if this is not immediately good i'm not listening to it <laughs> right i don't know if i've told you this before but i used to um in the age of pirate bay mm-hmm. uh, any song that i liked i would download the entire discography of that artist oh, including like it's it's bad yeah, I, that's too I, much. <laughs> <laughs> it was way too much yeah. i had the entire google goals uh discography on my itunes and it w- it took it a long time to scroll past <laughs> just because i liked the song iris well can i just say that's made me feel a lot better about some of the future answers i have <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know what it is like, and it's weird because i i think i've i've explained well, I'll just explain it in full, but like I, I listen to like music all the time and I, I imagine like a movie scene to it and I get really into like right. listening to movie soundtracks because in my head I can see like the narrative where I listen to the music. And then yeah. the, now that I'm older I'm like, Well that's what albums generally do. Like they have to have a flow. You wouldn't put all your happy songs and start in all your sad songs there and there has to be some like cognitive reason they're in the order they're in. And it's yeah. only really that I've got older that I've started to appreciate them. So like re- I would say honestly, probably since two thousand eighteen or so like when an mm-hmm. artist that likes brought out an album i've listened to it like in order as opposed to just being like oh here's a single i've heard i'll just listen to that if right. that makes sense um and 
when you're listening to music now do you go back to old stuff and familiar things are you trying to find new music it 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 very much varies i really like finding new music but then like i say pretty much every time my discover playlist on spotify comes out i will like consume it within the day like i'll get through it but there's a good chance that none of that will ever make it into my liked songs or playlist but i'll always make a point of listening to yeah Um, and i get in real real bad patches of music like i know like the people always do that that thing of like oh i like everything but like i do Mm -hmm. quite like everything and i will just get into like a rabbit hole of like oh do you remember skrillex (laughs) yeah do you remember pendulum i'll listen to dubstep (laughs) for like two weeks and i'll be like oh this is boring (laughs) i'll listen to something else (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i have to say that makes sense with your playlist because this is probably one of the more eclectic mixes of songs um compared to a lot of the other playlists that we've we've had so far no, i think these um, are good <laughs> i think it yeah, no, makes the, perfect sense they are good but it's, this, it is i think this is the playlist of varied a, yeah this is the playlist of a list. man who knows he has adhd and has never got it checked out <laughs> <laughs> this is about his google the symptoms and has nailed everyone <laughs> in heavily i has never thought to get a chat <laughs> yeah that tracks yeah <laughs> Right, so in terms of your introduction to music then, so what, what's the, usually it's a common question, but what's your, what's the first music that you've spent money on or, or possessed? Right, so I have I have three answers for this, which now doesn't really make sense in the fact that it's meant to be first. But yeah. the, the first one I, I think is fair because all of my brothers bought it collaboratively and it was a cassette tape for our car because we complained about dad's cassettes. Okay. The second one is a single I bought and the third one is the first multi-track cd i bought so i'm gonna give you all three of them the the tape we bought was essentially because we were sick of dad listening to only garth brooks and marching band music in the car (laughs) that was all we had for a long time so marching band music yeah like sectarian bands would be very specific (laughs) am i allowed to call you shane yeah okay (laughs) um so we went and bought a cassette tape and we were in um curry's in in rushmere which uh, like i mean curry's doesn't sell music anymore it hasn't for a long time as far as i remember which just shows you yeah. how long this was and we were all i didn't even know it did ever yeah like we were literally in the cassette section at curry's <laughs> like right. looking through these cassettes and everyone yeah. was arguing over different bands and then mum was like well why don't we just get like a now that's what i call music and then everyone will have a band that i call it but then they had five now that's what i call music and we all argued over them until we realized that famous nonce r kelly's hit single world's greatest was number one on one of the tapes and we got it and we literally listened to just that song rewinded about 20 times till my dad put garth brooks back on <laughs> right yep. yeah yeah first the single i bought was a dodgy ripped copy of busted <laughs> the first busted album a gift okay. for everyone possibly it was called it was fine right. i mean it was busted you know what you're getting yeah and yeah. the first album I bought was Transformers official soundtrack, baby. <laughs> and you may mock me, Yak, but you know what the title song on that uh, CD was? Who that the title song was by? The Goo Goo Dolls. So I oh. win. <laughs> Therefore, I'm off the hook. <laughs> oh, I was going to edit that out, but then you leave it in there. It's Goo Goo Dolls um, and Linkin Park, I think, to be fair, the two main singles on it. So, like, Linkin yeah. Park was very acceptable 2000s band, like, I feel... <laughs> Linkin Park is very much like Michael Bay meme music. That's yeah. what he's known for, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then another question I like to ask is around live music. So what's the 
what's the best show that you've been to the best live performance you've seen definitely the best individual song i've seen performed was frying rabbit doing acts of man live in in manchester cathedral um, right. for anyone who has seen acts of man live like whenever they do it whatever they are performing it their outro to it is nuts like they just added like an extra two minutes onto the song and it yeah. is a, it's it's nigh on impossible to explain what's so good about it but it's just like it's one of the rare moments that they properly unleash because a lot of the time their songs are quite restrained until the end and it's like yeah. they've just let all their energy out but i would say in a very cringy thing for a 30 year old man to say the best show i've ever been to is tied between 21 pilots in birmingham and 21 pilots in the odyssey arena <laughs> okay 21 pilots music is not for everyone and it's a lot of it's very samey but the show they put on was wild like both times like it was genuine like as a spectacle it is one of the best things i've ever been to yeah um the crowd are abhorrently bad and irritating <laughs> a lot of the style choices are abhorrently bad and irritating but my god yeah. like they they are so engaging to watch it's not like yeah like yeah like uh, when they went they did they performed in belfast they um they did a magic trick during one of the sh- one of the songs and it genuinely blew my mind <laughs> like legitimately yeah. one of those moments where i was like normally magic i was like yeah cool you've done you've you've pulled a card out of somewhere mad but this was yeah, like one of those moments i was like what the fuck just happened <laughs> i was lost and i think i i probably regressed to like 18 so still probably older than everybody else there but i regressed right. i was like 18 and just like genuinely was like wide-eyed be like how did he do that <laughs> it was yeah. crazy yeah so like yeah that I'm was expected. the most impressive show I've, shows i've been to cool i think um i particularly like frightened rap as well because i think um crowds can really annoy me at mm. certain shows because I, I don't know if 21 pilots are the same but a lot of the shows i've been to especially at arenas you find there's a lot of people that are there because they've heard one song on the radio Mm. and you might be really into that band and the rest of the behavior is quite obnoxious i went to um i went to see snow patrol i'm not massively into snow patrol anymore but i saw them when they did their um they did their album 100 million sons which was if you're not a massive fan of snow patrol it's the album that they did after they did chasing cars yeah it's very um okay (laughs) yeah well i mean they they have certain songs that i think are, are like are actually genuinely quite quite strong musically but yeah a lot of it is very sort of lukewarm a lot of downward strums <laughs> yes a lot of downward str- they love a god they love a downward strum oh, yeah. but there's one guy in the crowd that um spent the entirety of the show and i mean the entirety of the show after every song shouting chasing cars at snow patrol from so this is an arena show and yeah. we were at the opposite end to the stage so like yeah and 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 worse than that when they did play chasing cars he spent the entirety of the song with his back to the to the stage because he was trying to make sure that the rest of the crowd was engaged in chasing cars he kept on shouting things like come on guys it's snow patrol i did not understand (laughs) two quick points what would he have done if they'd played snow or if they'd played chasing cars first (laughs) yeah (laughs) Alright, everyone, pack it up! <laughs> it's peaked. It's yeah. peaked. It's never going to get better than this. Um, I would say 21 Pilots are on the opposite end of that spectrum in pretty much every possible way, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, 21 Pilots fans' problem is that they know every intricate detail of both of the members of the band's life to such a T that 
one of them, one person beside me, Jeremy, said, oh, I don't think Josh is enjoying this. And I was like, how do you know? He's literally right. got a hood up and he's on a drum kit. Like, what What? What could he possibly do to make it seem like... And the thing that was annoying about them was, like, every single song within five feet of me, someone started crying, being like, oh my god, I can't believe they're playing this. And I'm like, of course they're playing it! They've got, like, three albums! <laughs> <laughs> they play every song they've got! <laughs> the odds were pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's just really frustrating. <laughs> one of their songs is called Pat Cheetah, and someone was crying. And one of the lines in Pat Cheetah is, I have a Cheetah, he's called Jason Statham, and someone was crying. And I was like, how could you, how is this song emotional for you? Unless you actually have a Pat Cheetah who's been put down recently, you shouldn't be crying. And it was making me really angry, like abnormally angry. <laughs> <laughs> I was really annoyed as well, because that was one of the really impressive bits they did. Because they, they, had, they yeah. had secretly built a bridge in the arena and hadn't told anyone and then the bridge lowered down he just walked to the back of the arena like over it yeah. while performing the song and I was like oh that's sick ass and then this child next to me was just weeping being like I love this song and I was like well, I like it too but you've ruined it for me <laughs> you've ruined it by liking it too much <laughs> oh god we'll dive into the into the playlist then so song number one on your playlist is the, the song you fell in love with straight away and your choice is What's Golden by Jurassic 5 yeah, so I think like I know I've explained to you before, but I'll explain further again for the listeners. But like that kind of uh, hip hop, where it's like very much uh, beat oriented. How do I put this? It's beat oriented, but I feel like everything's working like in one harmonious kind of symphony. Where I feel like a lot of like gangster rap, for lack of a better term, is almost like the rapper is fighting against the beat in a way. Almost if that makes sense. This is like kind of like that sort of happy. Not necessarily happy, but that just like it's 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 it's. I feel like it's a lot more poppy oriented. Like the 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 music and beat is a lot more like um for lack of a better term, just like melodic and or musical really. Whereas like a lot of gangster rap and rap stuff is very like bass and drum heavy, and this is more like about the actual music. So that kind of music I've always kind of liked, but I think I never really knew where to get it because up until I was like fourteen, I was very much like I listened to the radio or the music channels. Like, do you know what I mean? And I was at my one of my friends' uh, houses in high school, and he was a rollerblader, and used to make like compilation videos of him rollerblading. And he showed me this song, and I mean, literally immediately, I was like, "Good God, that what is this?" <laughs> like just immediately, like I think I just typed it into my phone because obviously the time I didn't have the capability to go on Spotify or anything, and I saved it and like went home and downloaded it. To get to give an example of how much I love Jurassic Five, I got hit by a car. Uh, two hours before Jurassic 5 concert and went to the concert <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll do it yeah <laughs> it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun that kind of hip-hop yeah I've just I've said to you before it's like that sort of hat store went to the hat store today and bought myself a hat it's not quite that it's it's but it is more like I'm good at rapping and so is my friend and I'm gonna pass the mic to my friend and he's gonna tell you how good he yeah, is that's... at rapping <laughs> yeah but that's what I like about it because if you listen to like I don't know who's a who's a bad rapper. <laughs> well, actually, they're not bad. There's people I don't like. Like, like ASAP Rocky is a very good and talented rapper, right. but all his songs are like, uh I've got fifty grand in my pocket and I've got seven cars." <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care about that, Jimmy. Yeah. Whereas, like, um, like what's golden is more or less just being like, "Hey, we're quite good at rapping." <laughs> And then, like, they have another song called, like, Work It Out. And it literally is just them talking about how, like, 
why is everyone in such a bad mood? Just to, just put the effort in. Like everyone can work together and things will be a lot better. And like that's just such a nicer way of dealing with your musical talent than being like, oh, I used to sell drugs and I don't need more wink wink, but I might. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, I just think it's a lot nicer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It appeals to me. It appeals to me. Like, do you know I mean? I relate to it a lot more than that kind of stuff. Do you know I mean? It's just the bra- braggadocious nature of like rap. I I don't enjoy a lot. Do you know I mean? Yeah. Whereas, like, how do I put this? I don't really mind people being arrogant whenever they can immediately prove it. So I think someone making a rap song, like, look how good at rapping I am, and it's a good song. Like, yeah, fair enough. And then someone's like, look at all this money I have. And I'm like, yeah, but you could have got that through anything. You might have won the lottery and be a shit rapper. I don't know. Like, you have no way of proving where you've got that from. <laughs> like, yeah. Could just be making it up as well. Yeah. Actually, do you know, are you are you aware of the rapper slash comedian Little Dicky? Yes. He has a, a music video where quite literally they just go around houses in Beverly Hills, knock the door and ask people if they could use their house to make a music video. And the first five minutes is them just like, with just all like their raggedy clothes and one camera being like, can we film our music video here? <laughs> and then it's like them in like someone's pool and driving their like Ferrari and stuff. And it's this all stuff they've just asked to borrow. Like it's all completely fake. Yeah, it's really good. Like, Oh, that's so good. Yeah. All right, song two then is a song that took you a while. And your choice is Dela by Johnny Clegg. So uh, the reason this took me a while is this song is from George of the Jungle, which I think I saw like when I was like seven or something at the cinema. And I specifically remember at seven being like, oh, what's this stupid love scene here? Just get on with the film. I want to see George fly into a tree. And then literally like six years ago, I was just at one of my, actually I think it was one of my brother's friends. Was, it wasn't even my friend. I don't know how I ended up being there hanging out and he was playing this song on the guitar and I was like oh that's very nice what is that and he was like it's that song from George of the Jungle but because I hadn't seen George of the Jungle since I was a child I, at that point didn't appreciate it I was like oh that is actually quite a nice song and I looked it up and quite honestly John Johnny Clegg's version is not as nice as <laughs> that one but it's uh, still a good song Like, and it's like I, I, I looked up Dela and Dela apparently means content which I think is a very it's a different way of looking at like that kind of love songy thing. Do you mean we're like a lot of love songs are really like over the top and again braggadocious, whereas this is just like probably closer to what I imagine like a, a a sincere relationships like where it's like it's not always like everything's like your heart's not burning on fire constantly every day like we are doing like constant romantic or romantic and and um, passionate gestures. A lot of time it's just like this is a way that's made my life happier rather than being like do you know what I mean like then. Every day, it's just constant, like, trying to outdo it, which a lot of love songs are. Yeah. It's a nice song. Song three is a song from your introduction to music. And your song is Jack and Diane. I don't don't know where this song came from, but I don't remember a time that I didn't know this song. (laughs) And I have no idea at what point I learned it. I have no idea... I don't even know if I knew it was John Cougar Mellencamp until I had to do this playlist. I just have always known of that song. And then you're like, what's the, what's the song for your introduction to music? And I was like, well, what's the first song I remember? And I think it might be this. And it's one of those songs where I'm like, how, do I, how would I put this? It's um, it's it's like not like a particularly complicated song. And it's not a particularly like inventive song, for lack of a better term. Like It's a very standard like kind of like Americana like pop rock songs you know but that way but there's something about it just really appeals to me and i think it's maybe the narrative side of it as well the fact that it's a bit of a story as opposed to just being like you know i mean here's a girl i like and i kissed her and now we're married or something like it's it gives you a bit of an actual like backstory to them do you know what I mean 
Yeah, sure. I can, I can picture Jack and Diane. And unfortunately, yeah. I couldn't think of any lyrics off the top of my head to specify what they were doing. <laughs> I think Diane's sitting on Jack's knee at some point. <laughs> yeah. Just two American kids doing the best they can. Yeah, that, that's what it's so good about. They're just doing the best they can in America, of all places. Yeah. <laughs> Land of the free, home Although of the this is quite a long time. Yeah, quite a long time ago. Probably a lot of different problems back then, I imagine. Yeah. Jack and Dan were probably real bad people, actually. <laughs> They're probably Trump supporters now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, take this song out. Edit all this out. <laughs> Jack and Dan are, like, are really against the vaccine. Yeah. Anti Vax and Dan. Keep keep us in. I've changed my mind. Keep it all back. Keep it we're back. We're back. Yeah. Song four is a song that makes you happy and you've gone with Dearly Departed by Shaky Graves. Um, if we listen to like the lyrics of this song. Yeah. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna ask it's you about very, that. Yeah, it's a very like it's a song it's honestly about people who've kinda of, like fallen out of love in a way. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you listen to it, like, like, instrumentally, you'd be like, this is the happiest country song I've ever heard, do you know what I mean? Right. And it's like, there's something very contrasting about the two of them. And I think, you know how, like, almost when something bad happens that needs to happen in a way, it's it's very, very sad, but there's, like, relief from it. Right. And I feel like this is that thing where it's, like, not, like, not necessarily joy, but I feel like that thing of being, like, oh bad stuff does happen but a lot of time the bad stuff needs to happen and that's what this song kind of feels like to me do you know what I mean okay. and the way it's like it's happy because it's like comforting in the fact that you have to accept that a lot of stuff that hurts you is good for you do you know what I mean sure like the vaccine <laughs> Jack fucking <laughs> anti-Jacks and Diane yeah <laughs> yeah but no, I just I don't know. It's it's a very very happy song. Like this is generally one of those songs that I I recommend to everyone. Like I, like every time I'm talking to people with new music, I'm like you would like this, and I don't know if people would all the time, but I'm just trying to spread the good word of it. Yeah, it's a really good song. I I I actually knew this song uh, before I listened to this playlist because of a previous playlist that we'd made together. I oh, can't yeah. remember what the category was that you chosen, but um, hmm. just for a uh, background for the listener that this this project that we're doing here sort of came about because we uh, myself Mac and my wife put together a playlist um, based on one of those 30 day song challenges on Facebook and I remember this song being on that playlist and I remember really mm. liking it at the time but um, yeah it was, I was interested to know why it made you, made you happy because yeah. <laughs> lyrically it is, it's quite a sad song but that does make sense um, this is just a, a little aside to the to the podcast, I guess, or like to the playlist. Um, if you look up YouTube videos of him playing this song live, because mm-hmm. it's him and Esme Patterson, who's not always with him, he gets people from the crowd to sing it with him quite a lot. Okay. And there's a very funny video of him playing at a bowling alley where yeah. he asks if anyone wants to sing it, and the first person who responds is like a 25 year old man. Okay. And he's like, "Yeah, come on up here." And that guy cannot sing. <laughs> not only can he not sing he does know a lot of the words and it's a very good video like I would definitely suggest seeking it out okay. it's it's genuinely so funny because Shaky Graves is having the time of his life <laughs> he thinks it's so funny and it's great that is good can yeah. the guy at least hiss oh no so the thing is the, the guy actually I think can sing but he's just in the wrong key like he sounds good yeah. but he's just never in the right key <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, he does the hiss, but he also does it late at one point. And at one ah. point he says, I didn't know that was the line. <laughs> like, in the middle of the song. <laughs> it's a very good video. Definitely worth looking it up. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'll put a link in the description. Song 5 is a song that makes you sad. And your song is Master System, Bird is Bored of Flying. Yeah. Oh, man. Alright, let's get into it. Master System, for those who don't know, is... um. A combination of uh, the editors and Frightened Rabbit. I think those are the only two bands. The only two bands that combined, wasn't it? As far as I'm pretty sure, that's right. It's it's the two brothers from editors and the two brothers from Frightened Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, for anyone who does know, um, like the two of us, like Frightened Rabbit, are definitely or well, it's about my favorite band. I'm assuming they're your favorite as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and uh, like Scott took his own life like a few years ago, and it was very very difficult for. I know certainly like. Me and Shay and my brothers and stuff because in that period of time where we were like teenagers, uh, his music was very much like the soundtrack to our, to our teenage years and like that angsty period of your life. And a lot of his songs really delved into the the topics of like the stuff that you were struggling with then. Yeah. And Bird is Bored of Flying is more or less a song where he's talking about how he's been made to do something and he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Uh, more or less. And it's, it's essentially a song about him saying like he doesn't want like his only role as a bird is to fly and he doesn't want to fly anymore and I don't remember the exact line but that that thing where it's like um, the concrete safety net or something where yeah. he's talking about like he wants to stop flying and literally just hit the ground like and it's it's very very transparently a song about wanting to end everything yeah and uh, that is unfortunately what happened to him but I, I went on a big bend of like not listening to this song for that exact reason as you can understand because it was just very painful to listen to and then someone posted a um a live concert they did where they'd played some frightened rabbit songs but like kind of in a bit more of a master system style because okay master system are a bit more like grungier than frightened rabbit you'd say it's a bit more like polished and like more punky kind of sound you want to put that way a bit more raucous Um, yeah yeah and i was like i'll just be interested to see and I just put the playlist on and Bird is Bored of Flying was on it and I just was like well I'm just going to listen through it and uh, in the last chorus of it he like slipped and instead of saying Bird is Bored of Flying he said I'm Bored of Flying and hearing it literally like broke me like and I think I was crying for about half an hour after it Yeah. and I don't think I listened to it until I made this playlist again and I've listened to it for like the last two weeks and like it's still very sad but like it's a very good song it's uh, an excellent song yeah it's a great song and yeah it was it, musically it was exactly what i it, it sort of it ticked a lot of boxes for me because frightened rabbit would be my favorite band but stylistically normally i'd be more into the sort of the rockier style the more distorted guitars um so mu- musically it was it, it was it was perfect but um yeah the the, the context of it is is tragic because as you say it's this is the last project that he was working on before yeah. he took his own life. That's certainly so, the last release they had, wasn't it? Because I think they were, yeah, yeah. So this is the, yeah the last music that was released before that happened, and it is very transparently a song from the point of view of a man who is done, mm. and it is it's really difficult to listen to in that context. I read it maybe slightly differently to you, and I think. I think maybe the the original context was was maybe more to do with his his fame mm. off the back of performing uh, or you know being a performer. Yeah. 
because I think that's potentially something that he struggled with quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because he he sings a lot about like there's a a repeated line which is I want less, I want less, mm-hmm. and I think it is a song about a man who is born to to perform, born to create music, but wants no part of what that brings to his life. Yeah, I think it's it's a weird one because obviously like you're listening to it after the fact of what's happened, and that's not not a nice thing to have to do but at the same time there's a weird thing whenever like tragedy occurs where like like pain and grief never go away and i i I feel real weird saying this as like a a fan of his music like i'm not like his family or like you know a personal friend so it is weird to say but like pain and grief don't really go away but it's like over time it sort of changes to the point where like you can almost like the memories become like the reason they're painful is because of the the happiness that kind of came about from them if that makes sense that you missed that and you can kind of appreciate that missing more than the hurt side of it after a while i feel um yeah and like the whole time that i've been aware of scott like he struggled with these things and it would be remissive of his memory to to act like everything was fine and it wasn't like and yeah, this is still a bit of our teammate, and it, in a way, like it's it's good because again, we're all saying about how like a lot of the songs they had were like, um, like related to how we were feeling and stuff, and like it was good to have someone else who understood. And the way, yeah. like, like I've I've never felt depressed to the extent where I felt in danger, but it's good to have a song like that where you're like, well, here's someone explaining it pretty clearly how they felt. So at least yeah. at that point, I know like listening to that again. Like it's like you're, you're, it's giving people like warning signs essentially. Do you know what I mean like like stuff that like yeah. if I start going down that path, at least I've got this kind of map of like here's how bad it got, and I can figure out from there where to diverge off. If that makes sense, or yeah. I try to diverge off, I guess. But yeah, okay, we'll move on. Song six is a song to relax to, and your song is "Eviction Notice" by Kojak. Kojak and Kane Kavanagh. Kano uh, makes a lot of like quite chilled and funky like acoustic music mm-hmm. and kojak is a very rough um gangster rapper from dublin and together they made a nice r&b song <laughs> right okay <laughs> um yeah like kojak's like very much like like irish hip-hop like he's very much a rapper yeah but he can sing and he's mates with this guy kane Kavanagh, and together like they just made this like real kind of soulful like bluesy somewhat sad song mm-hmm. and i don't know what it is about it. it's there's something about it, like whenever it comes on i really feel like um i'm walking in slow motion and it's and this sounds like a real like dad thing to say but every time the song's on i just literally like feel like it's the appropriate song to click your fingers at <laughs> Do you know what i mean like i'll literally just be sitting having a cup of tea and just like <laughs> like while this is playing in the background that's very dad um, behavior yeah, it is, but I mean, like, it's just it's just a very like chilled song. Like, I I don't know where else. This is one of those ones where I really don't have much to say, but it's just an excellent song, and yeah. it's I think also because of the fact that I went to see Kojak, having heard one of his songs, like I went with my brother wanted to go, and I was like, well, I'll go. It's cheap. It's a gig. Like gigs a gig. Yeah, and um, all of it was just like him getting everyone to mosh and like going nuts, and then all of a sudden, just in the middle of that, this really beautiful song, and I went to that gig with um plantar fasciitis which is the inflaming of the bridge of your foot so i could not move at all 
I couldn't walk around pretty much. So everyone was moshing when this song came on. I was like, oh yeah, time to click. <laughs> Stop <Stand> still. <laughs> time to shine. Yeah, this is my time, baby. <laughs> this is a this is a complete aside, but this reminds me of um, the worst moshing experience I've had at a concert, which was um, I went to see Muse in Dublin, and mm. it was an outdoor gig, yep. and it was a lovely day. So I wore t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops and despite despite several people telling me flip-flops is a bad idea for a concert I being the thick-headed teenager that I was said no I'm gonna wear flip-flops and it will be fine and a wise idea yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah obviously it was an outdoor gig it was on grass it got muddy and there was one song we were listening to where uh, the crowd was going left to right so it, the mosh was sort of, yeah, it was moving one one direction and then the yeah, other. Yeah, bouncing side to side. Yeah, but it was more like swaying. Yeah. So every, you were moving like, you were moving okay, maybe yeah. a meter to your left and then the wave sort of came back the other way and then you're moving yeah. back to where you started. So people were just like moving and then pushing back against each other. And I spent um, most most of the song losing one or both of my flip-flops on the way out and then trying to get them back on my feet on the way back. Mm. How did that go? I, it was successful in the end, but I had uh, a <laughs> yeah. really crazy toe cramp at the end because I was trying to grip really hard onto my flip-flops. So I, I managed to go home with the flip-flops, but they were so dirty I had to throw them out. They are my worst moshing experience, and it's much more blunt than yours. Go for it. I was in work one day, and someone rang me and said, we have a free ticket to Metallica because someone's pulled out. Do you want to go? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was in work and I was like, what time are you leaving? And they were like, five. And I was like, well, I'm in work to half five. Can you wait a bit later? And they were like, all right, but like we're literally going to have to go as soon as you go out. So I couldn't go home. Uh-huh. And I was wearing my work uniform, so I had a change of clothes. But my change of clothes was like jeans and a football top. And I was going to Metallica. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I walked into Metallica concert wearing a... Uh, uh, a really old football top that my dad had given me. It was like a Linfield uh-huh. training top or something. Like a team I don't even support. Just the one that dad had given me or something. Yeah. And um, coincidentally, I saw the Linfield goalkeeper at that gig and he he uh, found it very funny. <laughs> he was like, he just like pointed that and I was like, yes, Alan, that is a Linfield top anyway. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, uh, they played um, Enter Sandman, as you can imagine, and a big mosh pit yeah. formed behind us. And I was with two of my friends, and one of them got thrown to the other side of the mosh pit, and I did not get into the pit because I was like, I do not want to be part of this. And he then got thrown from the far side back to our side, and he tried to jump over the person that was like at the edge of the mosh pit, like to to me. Yeah. And he just punched me in the face, like (laughs) as hard as he could, and like I bust my lip. Like I, he punched my lip like onto my tooth, and I just started pissing blood out of my mouth. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? And he just was like, I was just trying to get out of the pit. And I was like, right, okay. And then, like, because, again, it's Metallica, like, you know, it's just it's just mosh pits. And then us started there. Like, that was it. Yeah. Another one started a bit a while later. And I was I was still, like, dabbing. Like, I, I think I actually used my T-shirt because it was like, it's a football top I don't care about. I was just, like, putting sure. it in my mouth to <laughs> the blood. And um, someone, like, really bodily shoved my mate on the back. Like, you know, like that one where, like, when you're not looking and someone shoves you in the shoulder blades and your head kind of whips? Yeah. And uh, my mate turned around to shove him back and just caught me with, with his elbow in my mouth again. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? And I was, like, so angry. And then 
this was like three songs from the end and i actually had said the only reason i wanted to go was because it was in belfast and they're probably gonna play whiskey in the jar which is like my favorite metallica song they didn't play it and i was just spent the whole drive home silent <laughs> and it's honestly one of the most angry gigs i've ever been at in my life but i feel like that's probably appropriate because it was metallica <laughs> Oh, that's Let's move on. Metallic, <laughs> no, but that, that's a cover of it. I know that, but it's a cover of the Lizzie. It's a really good cover. Anyway, let's move on. I don't want to talk about Metallica anymore. Okay. The next song is Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> next song is a song from your preteen years, and your song is Say It Ain't So by Weezer. This, I have literally never tired of this song in my life. This will always be in my top five until I die, I'm pretty sure. I don't know what it is about this song that I love so much. I think it's the fact that it's somewhat generic, but still a bit indie at the same time. <laughs> it's like a nice mix of yeah. like, I will always be able to sing sing along to this, but it is also a bit not mainstream. <laughs> that right. makes sense. So it's like the perfect mixture of like, our radio track that everyone will know, and like an angry rock song. <laughs> it's like that perfect like dichotomy of the two. Yeah. Um, also, it says... In one of the lines is wrestle with Jimmy and I call my brother Jimmy and we used to watch wrestling all the time and wrestle on our couch and that was when I first heard it was at the peak of couch wrestling time so it probably I, I probably thought this song was about me for a brief period of time yeah okay yeah so there's a moment where you listen to the song and you and your brother get to point at each other yeah it was that Spider-Man meme <laughs> yeah but instead of us being wearing the same or wearing the same clothes it was just us both being like this song's about us <laughs> yeah yeah well it wasn't about my, it wasn't about Jimmy, because I, I was me wrestling with Jimmy. He couldn't wrestle with Jimmy. That would be odd. He sure. didn't discover that till he was much older. <laughs> Cut that out. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might. Next song is a cover, mm. and your cover is "Put Your Records On" by Rit Momney. Yeah, good name, man. Which is which is a fantastic name. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah a great enjoyed name. that. Um, quite simply, I just like whenever covers just do something a little bit different and this isn't like a complete departure from the original but it's definitely like a, 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 a different take on that song and this is one of those yeah. songs where like go put your records on I was always like it's always a fine pop song like it's perfectly serviceable but the, the song but this version just really appeals to me um, I think uh, there's something about it that just sounds inherently happy if that makes sense and the idea in my head yeah. of, all, of people being like go put your or like putting your records on like that phrase to me is like oh we're about to start like a party or a gathering and the fact that this is like a very happy cover just in my head is like this is the kind of thing you would put on at the start of like a gathering where like it's that kind of song that you could play in a scenario where people don't know that song but they still would like it do you know what I mean it like fulfills that criteria of like you know you're gonna get a road trip and people are like only want to listen to songs they know this is like one of those yeah. rare songs that you could squeeze in and people would be like oh yeah that's nice <laughs> without having much yeah. complaint about it yeah it's a very very good cover yeah, yeah it's a nice chill it's very um poppy vibe yeah as well yeah definitely starts off sounding like it, it's it's going to be very generic yeah yeah definitely yeah. just a very like one of those stripped back covers that everyone seems to do and then it takes on this kind of poppy synthy vibe mm. that um is just really enjoyable and chill to listen to the first time i heard it i thought it was going to be one of those things that you hate for it was like uh, they'd put it in the trailer of a movie but it's just like a, a unnecessarily slow cover of like a pop song over a superhero yes. film <laughs> yes that is yeah. currently my number one pet peeve in music a very very slow minor chord cover of go put your records on while superman's complaining about his mum or something 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, performed by one small child. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's performed by like someone who was like in Fall Out Boy but isn't anymore. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh yeah, I remember him. He does sad synth music now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not Alrighty. let's not focus on those awful songs. <laughs> let's get back to the best song on this playlist. Your song that you would sing at karaoke mm. is "Yeah" by Usher, featuring Lil John and Ludacris. Yeah, the only bit I do at karaoke is Ludacris, but I'd get somebody else to do the Usher. But to be clear, <laughs> that was genuinely going to be my question: is like, would you perform the entire number, or are you standing there on stage waiting for the Ludacris bit to kick in? Let me tell you, I have done that, and I will do it again. My, you've you stood on stage waiting for that bit to kick I, in. I have literally, at, when I was at university, we had well, there was karaoke every Tuesday in our student union. And every Tuesday, someone tried to convince me to sing a song. And the one time I did it, I did Starships by Nicki Minaj. And I had to sing okay. the chorus on my own. And it did not go well. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, a few months later, one of my friends dropped out at Christmas time. And they were like, well, it's my last one. We'll have to go. And, uh, yeah me and our other housemate performed see you again you know the uh, okay. the fast and furious song and i was like oh, that's funny because like yes. they're leaving and then they, like yeah. we had a big group hug and then the dj who like ran the karaoke night was like oh is it your last night Do you want to just go again like like to like the person leaving and right. they were like oh mac do a song with me and i was like i can't like i can't I, like I, I don't know how to sing so you have to pick a song that like i can do a rap bit to and they just picked yeah. usher and I was like, oh yeah, I have the ludicrous bit down, like, to a T. And to the point where, when it came on, like, one half of the venue was the screen. And I just yeah. took the microphone and walked around the bar doing the rap. Like, I didn't pay attention to the screen at all. <laughs> I just, like, okay. walked around talking to people as I was doing it. And had it, like, down to a T. And then at the very end, I just pointed back up to the, like, the music, or, like, where the stand was. And they just sang the rest of it. And a load of people came and got me free drinks. Which was very funny, because I didn't drink any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yes i have literally done that and i will do it again if i'm ever forced to do karaoke <laughs> that's good that's good so you, you find you find a workaround yeah like i can't sing in key the thing is i can sing certain songs in like in a key but i need someone else to be next to me doing it at the exact same time so a duet right. will never work do you know what I mean? yeah. yeah but you can rap yeah i can yeah yeah so it works i thought you were leaving a gap there like you were expecting me to rap so i had to put my hand over my mouth like i was like no no <laughs> <laughs> do you know the rap part from uh, Blues All Rise? Yeah. So step back to you and know this cat. I don't doubt that you don't want me to react to that bit. Yeah, I'm going to get the MC out for this. I don't think I'm that accurate. <laughs> 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 I don't think that. I don't think DMC are going to be like, is that Simon Webb? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Mm. A song that reminds you of a specific place. Your choice is First of July by Foy Vance. Yeah, th- th- this is very much just since I've moved. I feel like, like I live in England now and, F- and Foy Vance is like one of those Northern Irish musicians who's not like Snow Patrol level, but if you live in Northern Ireland, you've probably heard of him. Sure. And a lot of people outside Northern Ireland haven't really. That's like that. He's like that level of musician. You know what I mean? He's like Slur. Yeah. Yeah, he's like Slur. That's a very niche he's- reference. Especially the of the music world. I specifically know that there are going to be some Australians listening to this, and this is going to sound like we're just saying like a weird slur or something. That, that makes me happy. 
that's not explaining it anyway <laughs> Foy Vance uh, is, I, I had no intention of yeah, it Foy Vance is like is famous in Northern Ireland essentially and like other people do know him like he's sold out gigs in, in England all the time but he's just like at a much smaller scale outside Northern Ireland yeah and um, First of July is one of those weird songs where like it seems to be like it's off like his first or second album and it still seems to have just survived as like the one that everyone seems to know like off his first album it's this indiscriminate act of kindness and gabrielle and the vagabond i'd say or like yep. the three like ones that have survived like through his like that, that, those were, came out what like 2006 2007 or something must have been yeah yeah like we were in high school when those came out like so there, it was certainly yeah. around that time and they still they still prevail to this day but i think the thing about the first of july is like since i've had facebook like the chorus of the song is that was the last day of June. This is the 1st of July. And every yeah. July, I have posted that on Facebook. And every time I do it, like, all the comments are just people from Northern Ireland. And occasionally, like, I'll forget and do it, like, late in the day. And I'll get Facebook comments of people from Northern Ireland and be like, Mac, have you, why have you not done it? Like, what is it, right? Like, yeah. last year, I got a tweet. There's a little shout-out for Tom Hamilton from, from our town. <laughs> Tom Hamilton tweeted me at 11.59 saying... Can't wait to wake up tomorrow and see Max Max Facebook status about Foy Vance. And then at one minute past twelve I'd already posted it and he just replied to the tweet said, Oh my god, he's already done it. <laughs> so funny. But because I've I've been doing that just like the whole I only moved to England like last year. And I lived in England briefly before that as well, but I mean long term yeah. before he lived here for like two years now. And it's just very funny that that has just become like my that is no no one in, in our town will ever remember me except for like Remember that guy used to always post the lyric of 1st of July? Every <laughs> 1st of July. So it just really reminds right. me of Northern Ireland very specifically. I suppose more specifically our time, but it's just as like... That in my head, I'm like, if someone was like, give me five great things from Northern Ireland, that would be one of them I would I'd suggest, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a very lo- very lovely song. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to this song in a long time, but listening to it for this... It actually has like a whole new meaning mm. for me because um, he's, he's basically talking about something in the song that like I, I've not really had to deal with up until this year which is essentially having some kind of loss in terms of a relationship yeah and moving on from that yeah um, you know that that line that was the last day of June this is the first of July is basically his way of saying that was in the past and i'm moving yeah. forward now yeah yeah um so actually for, for for me it was actually a really comforting song mm. to listen to given that you know there's been some difficult stuff that we had to deal with this yeah, year. yeah yeah definitely i am um, i think lyrically he's he's a real genius like like he, he you can tell he like really focuses on like the actual lines and stuff that he's putting into it like of all yeah. the songs he has and um the end of that song he has the line you might find another guy and break his heart tomorrow but i might find a piece of mine that gets me through the day and i was like that is that is just like such an accurate way of talking about healing because i feel like when you break up with someone it's an immature response but i feel like even if it only is in your mind for a fleeting moment you're always like oh well they're 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 like a bad person do you know what I mean? like even if it's just for like a yeah. brief minute you'll always be like oh no they're they're rubbish like they're crap 
Yeah. And it, it is that thing of like the reason you're feeling like that is because your your heart's broken. Like you you're just trying to think of like excuses to validate the way you feel. Do you know what I mean? And that idea of like finding sure. a bit of your heart that still works that gets through the day. The idea of like you can move on from that is like no, everything's still here. Everything's just it's works as normal. You just have to rebuild. Do you know what I mean it's fine? And I think that's like yeah. it's just a really good way of explaining how grief works. I think like in that situation, yeah. yeah absolutely and also acknowledging in that moment you know i don't feel particularly good yeah don't you worry about me i'll be fine yeah also acknowledging that it is totally okay to not be okay yeah in that moment. yeah like, definitely i'm i'm not feeling great right now but i'm moving forward i'm getting on with it mm. do you know um you know like in the studio recording for that he starts with the line let's go jules yeah have you seen the famous video of him ringing the synonymous jules no there's a really nice video of him playing it somewhere. Now, this could be absolute nonsense. This could be absolute bullshit. This is a comment I read on the Facebook video or the YouTube video. So this could be absolute nonsense. Like, but apparently, yeah. the story goes that Jules Maxwell, who wrote it, who's like, a, he's actually quite a prevalent songwriter in Northern Ireland. Like, I I can't think off the top of my head, but I imagine that you would know some other songs of his. But okay, apparently, he wrote First of July with Foy Vance, but for himself, and okay. didn't think that he was capable of releasing a hit so give it to Foy Vance like as in you release this even though he wrote the majority of it right. there's a video of Foy Vance playing it where he gets through the course and everyone in the venue singing along he's like here just give me a second and he walks off stage and comes back with his phone and phones him and he's like Jules what are you up to and he's like I'm just sitting at home and he's like oh I'm at a concert and Jules like oh whose concert is it and he's like here just listen to this and he just puts the phone down and he just pre- plays the first chord and everyone sings it back and he just picks it up wow. and he's like, what do you think of that? And Jules goes, there's a guy in the back who's quite flat. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just it's just a really nice thing. And like, again, yeah, that's just a YouTube comment. That could literally just be yeah. someone's completely bullshit of that. But like, if that story is true, it makes that song also very sweet. But it's a, regardless yeah. of whether that story's true or not, it's just a very nice video. It's very wholesome, like, just for him to be like, oh, Jules would enjoy this and play it regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth Whether it's it, true like or not doesn't mean it's not a good story. Let's not let fact get in the way of a good tale. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, song 11 is a song that reminds you of a specific person. And your song is Hurt by Johnny Cash. Mm. I don't want to put you on the spot or make this awkward. But I'll tell you this. So the person this reminds me of is a celebrity and we haven't mentioned them yet. Do you know who it is? Kyle Lafferty. <laughs> yes, Kyle Lafferty. It's famous Northern Ireland striker Kyle Lafferty because he's always injured. <laughs> no. So, like, as, as you know, like, again, I've mentioned it earlier. Like, I'm very much into wrestling and have been since I was like a young, like, like very young. And um, it's one of those weird things where, like, all of my brothers liked it. Like, they no longer do, but all of my brothers did like it when we were younger. My cousins liked it, so it was very much like a communal thing that we kind of did. And my favourite was always Eddie Guerrero, like always. And he, he, he was, uh, his whole gimmick was that he was a good guy, but he, he lied and cheated. And the idea was he only ever cheated against the other bad guys. So everyone then forgave him for it. Do you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> and it was like, the period of time where I watched wrestling was like, everyone was seven foot tall and very slow and just was like i'm gonna hit you this sunday <laughs> and everyone was like well no you're not because i'm gonna hit you this sunday <laughs> and then Grau was just very different because his whole character was like he essentially was doing bad guy things but everyone was cheering him and it was like 
like, you know my love of like narrative and stuff and it was just like he was completely going against what the narrative should have been yeah. and he was so fluid in the ring that like if you watched i like the amount of people i've showed him wrestling who don't enjoy wrestling who are like that he is very clearly completely different from everyone right if that makes sense like to give you an example he did this thing quite a lot which i think was one of the funniest things i saw as a child where you know the classic like wrestling thing of like the referee is not looking so i'll hit someone with a steel chair yes sure like that trope he would do this thing quite a lot where he'd get his nephew who was our other wrestler to distract the referee and he would go and get a steel chair come in the ring bang it on the ground and then throw it to his opponent and then he'd fall down and hold his face <laughs> and the referee would turn around and then disqualify them so he'd win and like he'd do it all like, he'd just figure out ways of doing that right to the point okay. where like one time he did it like a few shows in a row uh-huh. where he banged it and then threw it to his opponent and the referee turned around as he threw it and the referee was like, I know what you're doing, Eddie Guerrero. And took the, the chair and they like walked to put it outside the ring. And as he turned to put it outside the ring, he picked up another chair that actually hit the opponent. <laughs> like, like, it's just like, he was just like so different, like story wise to everyone. And it was like one of those things where I was like, because again, when you're like 11 or 12 or whatever, in your head, you're like, everything is just one way. And it's the first time you start realizing things can be like different. It's like a, a very strange moment because. You're not really like sentient until you're like fourteen, are you? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're pretty much just on train tracks till you're like fourteen. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. But he he passed away, and he he um he had had like a really bad drug problem, and had been like fired by WWE and everything, and had spent a whole year in rehab, like not working for the company, and essentially had been rehired, and had like completely turned his life around. Like his wife had like thrown him out of the house and stuff and like she remarried him and all this stuff like it was, it's like a really genuinely very beautiful story and he came back and he was like that like commended on how well he turned his life around and how like in shape and stuff he'd got and eventually he was given the championship because obviously it's all it's all fixed sorry for anyone who didn't know listening <laughs> it's all fixed. but yeah but they were like well he deserves to be champion because he's he's done such a good job essentially because all the fans have loved him because of how different he is so he won the title and then like a few months later he lost it and one night he just passed away in his sleep like just died in his sleep and he was like 46 right and they did a post-mortem on him and he died because his heart was too weak and essentially it was too weak from like the drug overdoses he'd had or drug problems he'd had his whole life sure but it was one of those things where it was like you know if he hadn't had that ability, he would have just died a drug addict, and it would have been sad. But like, he never would have had the redemption arc, and never would have got being like seen as a positive member of his family. Do you know what I mean like he died like a dad to his kids and a husband to his wife, where he, he wouldn't have been that? Do you know what I mean True. if he hadn't put the effort into turn around? And it's one of those things where I think it's very confronting. Is I I don't even remember. I think I might have been old. I think I might have been like fourteen or something. When he died like, but it was one of those points where like. I had already I knew about his personal life, but it was very confronting as a kid to be like, "That's that's really full on." Do you know what I mean to yeah. know like that's sad someone's life, and then for him to be like my favorite and then pass away, and it was so weird because I never had like someone outside my family ever die, and mm-hmm. it was like it's weird to feel sad for someone I don't know. Right, and I think that was the first time I kind of felt like proper extreme empathy. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm and uh, they did a big tribute video for him and stuff and this was the song over the top of it and like it's it's very funny because the song's obviously so sad and it was a very sad moment but nearly every clip is him just doing something 
like funny like doing a comedy moment in a match and it's just like one of those things where it was like again coming back to that thing earlier of like when I watched at the time I bawled my eyes out I still watch it now and I get a bit emotional watching it but I'm like laughing because I'm like god look how much fun he's having do you know what I mean like he yeah. like turned his life around and was able to enjoy the last few years of his life as opposed to being like like people who don't know wrestling there's a lot of people who die better and alone because they don't like they you know they get told they have to be a certain size and then they rack themselves by having to be that for an hour and then they're never able to like turn off wrestling essentially sure but yeah it's just i find him very inspirational in general just again that ability to turn your life around when you've made a real balls up as well okay there you go that's probably longer than i've talked about anyone <laughs> <laughs> next song is the song that motivates you so your song is is attention by joji I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you very quickly why I think this is surprising um, and I think it would be surprising for a lot of people which is that I typically well, <laughs> typically, the, typically the songs that motivate people I tend to think of quite high tempo songs like in my head when I came up with this category it's those sort of like uh, workout songs or it's like the Rocky soundtrack <laughs> yeah yeah something <laughs> along those lines yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is a bit of a this is going to be a different choice for people I think Mm. so yeah it's attention by joji right yeah. do you know who joji is no so um joji used to be a, a youtuber called filthy frank who whose skits involved putting on like a pink morph suit and running up to people and shouting why don't you love me um okay going into mcdonald's and just shouting a hamburger please and then people would be like that's you know like that's two dollars whatever they'd just be like hamburger please and just scream like he was just made some of the most weird and potentially upsetting <laughs> youtube comedy you've ever seen one of them and then yeah and then just one day he was like i make a lot of songs for this awful channel i've got maybe i could try and make some legit songs and he is a completely retired filthy frank and is now just joji and makes very chilled semi-hip-hop songs and i think they're truly excellent and the reason this motivates me is because i feel like for the vast majority of my life i've always been like the clown like the he's very silly or like yes occasionally mac has something important to say but 99 percent of the time he's just dicking around and this motivates me because i'm like this is an excellent bit of music in my opinion made by someone who has their whole life made their fame essentially from being a complete clown right and he has been brave enough to be like no i'm done with that now i'm doing this i'm just completely finished with it and he's essentially completely flipped his personality and i've seen interviews with him where he's still funny like you mean it's not like he's not he's not like he's suddenly just super straight laced and like doesn't make jokes anymore but like yeah his identity is not i'm funny man now and his identity's not necessarily like i'm the music man either but it's just the idea that he was like i don't need to be like i my identity is not in this thing i did it's I, like I am my own person if that makes sense another thing I always get worried about because I'm like like I don't I don't, I like being silly and funny but at the same time I don't want everyone to think of me I don't want everyone to never take me seriously do you know what I mean yeah so it motivates me in that way where it's like I know it's seeing someone else do something I would I, I not that I feel I need to do because I feel like people have started like do take me seriously or actually know me but you know what I mean it's just yeah encouraging I guess yeah well we've talked about this before the idea that it's like it's it's difficult enough to be creative but it's it's very difficult to be sincere in creativity mm. i've yeah. i i find it much easier to 
you know, to, to stream with you and just goof around and be funny than, yeah. you know, writing the uh, the song that we wrote together, um, which is uh, Two Steps Back, available on Spotify. That was a I'll much... put that in my playlist. Let's put that in the playlist somewhere. <laughs> it, it'll be... My... Let's start again. It'll be my 16th <laughs> song. Um, <laughs> writing uh, the song that we wrote together, Two Steps Back, that process was a lot more difficult than if you message me and say... I'm trying to write a uh, a parody parts. of Stan by Eminem, but about me tweeting Tony Hawk, which is a genuine thing you texted me the other day. Um, I find that so much easier than writing a song about like something that's real or that I feel sincerely about. What do you mean? I want Tony Hawk to text me back, tweet me back. I think I found his phone number. This isn't a joke. I found his phone number and I was going to ring him and I was like, I can't do that. I can't ring Tony Hawk. But if he doesn't reply to me, Tony, this is your warning. <laughs> I'm telling you now. If you don't reply to my tweets, I'm calling your house phone. For the record, this is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> trying to be sincere. You're like, Tony Hawk's phone number. Um, but then, this is a true story. And also, the reason I'm being angry is because you think I'm not being serious by wanting Tony Hawk to tweet me back. I have never wanted to tweet more in my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying the, the writing of the parody song is something that I find a lot more... I'm more comfortable doing that than I'm writing about something that's sincere. So I empathize with the choice of Joji. Well, the thing is, it's 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 a joke for you, but it's a very real issue for me, I'm afraid <laughs> That parody song is my only way to get through to <laughs> But no, no, I do get what you mean. It's like it's very, very difficult to go from being like, "Oh, here's oh, like you know, here's us just playing a silly game about beans, trying to win a race, which is something we do regularly on on the internet," to going like, "I've had a bad day. Let's talk about it." Yeah. It's a very different skill set. Yeah. Like if if you told me I had to fill an hour of silence, it would be ninety nine percent jokes. Yeah. And the other the other bit would be me burping or clearing my throat. Yeah. Yeah, I was very tempted to burp there. <laughs> I was thinking, is it appropriate? But I'll leave it. Yeah, it fits. The next song is a song that someone introduced you to, and your choice is You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon. Mm. I was in a friend's car, and I was going through his iPod. This was in school, trying to pick a, an album. Mm-hmm. And he was one of those people who, again, didn't listen to any chart music. And this was still when I was in my learning what good music is phase. Sorry. Learning what obscure music is phase. <laughs> Different music. Because pop music's perfectly good if that's what you're intending to make. But it's just yes. not always... It's very easy to do a paint-by-numbers pop songs. This is the point I'm trying to make. Sorry. But, yeah. I, I hadn't... Um, I didn't know like anyone on his phone. I think it was like a worship band or something. I was like, oh, I've heard of them, but I don't want to listen to that. Sure. <laughs> that kind of thing. And uh, then he said, have you not heard of Paul Simon? And I said, no. And he went, you definitely have. And he put it on. And to be fair, like, I'm saying he introduced me to this. Like, I think I had heard it before, but yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this is good. And then we listened to it the whole way through. And then the next song came on. I think it was Made Her Leo Down by the Schoolyard, which is also Paul Simon, which is an excellent song. But you can call me Al. Like, I, again, similar to like, setting so about Weezer I think to the day I die it'll be my top five songs like I, I think I sing that song every day for about five seconds like I'm just walking somewhere I'm always like mm, 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 mm. yeah mm. <laughs> like just constantly I can't I can never get it in my head and yet I now, never get bored of it oddly enough yeah no it's a great song is it 
Yeah, it's like it's a classically well made pop song, isn't it? Because it is a pop song, really. Like, yeah, hundred uh, percent. A song that you wouldn't expect to like. Then <laughs> I know we've changed this, but do you know what my list says? <laughs> Uh, my list is still the one but it might should have yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. but that's not it no it's all about you now by the sugar babes sugar babes sorry (laughs) they have a classic sugar with a hard r there (laughs) apologies (laughs) apologies for the hard r yeah sugar babes sugar babes yep Uh, do you know this song has one of the worst drums drum sets that i've ever heard in my life like the drum kit sounds like it's off a game boy advance (laughs) yeah the actual backing song to it is not particularly well done either and they're not like the most incredible pop singers that have ever existed but my god is this one of the best pop songs ever made <laughs> like this is an absolute anthem like i i don't think if you told me can you name 10 pop songs released by you know, like a boy bands or girl bands between 1990 and 2010 and you're like oh you can't pick spice girls or Westlife, I don't think I could fill the ten up. Ten up, do you know what I mean? Right. And I feel like those two in Ireland, at least, were definitely the two most prevalent, like Spice Girls and Westlife of those. But the first one I would tell you is all about you know by Sugar Babes. Like I, I don't know what it is about this song, but that song has literally never left my collective consciousness. You know, like you were just saying like you forgot about indiscriminate act of kindness and stuff by Foy Vance. Yeah. I will never forget all about you know. <laughs> it's always there at the back of my mind waiting to come out at my moment's notice. <laughs> like it's a good song, isn't it? Yeah, it is a good song. It is a good song. Of the of the three songs I give you for songs you wouldn't expect me to like, it's definitely the least offensive. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't mind Shania Twain. The, the other choice you had was um was uh, Taylor Swift and Brendan Urie me yeah what an anthem we'll not get into that um this this is definitely the better of the three options i would say yeah it's just very catchy isn't it it's yeah it's a it's a classic <laughs> strong pop number do you know what this is a paint by numbers pop song yeah it is yeah fuck, they've they've painted the mona lisa here like <laughs> They've done it. They've done like one of those. What you like? You fought, was it dot to dot pictures? But yeah. they've actually they've actually drawn starry starry night. <laughs> yeah, well done, the sugar yeah. babes. Yeah, sugar babes. Sugar sorry. babes. Sorry. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. The last song then is a song you think everyone should listen to, and your choice is the oil slick by Frightened Rabbit. Yeah, I I think this is a, this is a very interesting song, both musically and lyrically, because. Mm. The riff to this is essentially how would you how how would you you know music better than me? How would you explain what the riff to this song is? Like, do you mean like the repeating riff? It's like it's like a hammer on and then drag down the string essentially. Uh, it's very it's very different, like from a normal riff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I would say like it's it's probably one of the lesser accessible songs by Frightened Rabbit. Like if you're if this is your first Frightened Rabbit song, I would say you potentially wouldn't enjoy this hmm well, not this but i think the end it goes back into like a more of a normal kind of indie song but the intro to yeah. it is literally like boom 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 like over and over yeah. again actually yeah but um the whole like i just think this is i think this is genuine like this is an excellent piece of writing it's so unique like musically yeah but the bit that is sticks to me so much i'm always like this is a song everyone should listen to like i have this literally tattooed on my arm but like the the bridge to it says um, there is light but there's a tunnel to crawl through 
And that line alone, I'm like, that is just such an excellent way of talking about, like, any kind of difficulty. Like, specifically, I think that song was was written, like, with the idea of, like, mental health issues, which we've talked before. Because this is Scott from Frank Rabbit, who, the game, who we were talking about earlier from Master System. Yeah. That he wrote, he wrote this song. Which, you yeah. know, it says kind of cheating. you meant to have one artist per list. But he's two different bands, so I'm counting it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm yeah. fine with it. Um, but like that idea of like there is light, but there's a tunnel to crawl through, and like you always hear people like some something that annoys me so much is never some kind of tragedy occurs, and people say something like, "Oh, they're in a better place," or like, "Oh, it'll always get better." And I'm like, "Yes, that's fine. I know <laughs> these are all things I'm completely aware of. Yeah, I don't need you to tell me." But someone being like, there is light at the end of the tunnel, but you have to crawl through the tunnel to get to it. It's just such a different perspective on it of being like, it's all well and good looking at the light at the end of the tunnel, but you don't get to that light without yeah. getting out. Like, you have to make the effort to get out of the tunnel. Yeah. And like, again, like to reiterate what I was saying earlier, I've never been depressed to the extent where I felt I was in danger. But there's certainly been times where I've been like, I need to deal with this now. And like, thankfully I've been able to because obviously not everyone's brains wired the same way and some people get the disease worse than other people and that's a very sad real- reality of how depression works yeah that I've always felt that I can't reach out to people and some people don't or unfortunately don't feel that they can't do that and, yeah but sorry I digress anyway like it it is that thing where like as I say because it's tattooed in my arm I've put it there specifically to remind me that like when things are getting bad and like I feel like the world's on top of me and I'm stressed or like I feel overtly sad with no real causation or something I'm like right doing nothing's going to continue this so your option is either to do nothing and sit in it and be like I'm going to be at this level of sadness forever yeah, or like you know for the foreseeable future or do something that you may risk it potentially being upsetting for a bit and then getting better or if you let someone know it potentially relieves that like pressure on you do you mean yeah. just sharing it and that idea of the crawling to get out of the tunnel and especially i think the idea of crawling as well because it is that thing where it's like he's not being like you have to climb out of it which or like sprint out of it crawling is like the most basic movement you can do do you know what i mean yes. like it's like literally the first thing you learn how to do like yeah. move around so it's like just take your time do it your time and get out of the tunnel as quick as you can i'm not asking you to climb straight up out of the tunnel i'm not asking you to sprint out of it just yeah you know do it as in the time that it requires you to do it i think it's just a very beautiful way of thinking about it yeah or a very beautiful way of putting it really yeah i think what, what i've always loved about frightened rabbit is that uh what i sort of mentioned earlier which is the they cover a lot of dark themes and they talk about a lot of difficult stuff in their music yeah but typically those songs will end on a hopeful note mm. and i think this is this is the perfect summary of that notion which is the the first half of the song is 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 actually quite bleak in what it's mm. talking about and then it comes into this bridge which is very like musically very uplifting and then you've got yeah you've got lyrics like there's light but there's a tunnel to crawl through and then it finishes with um I've still got hope so I think we'll be fine in these disastrous times yeah which is just a, a, again a beautiful piece of writing but also just a really nice message to listen to especially if you're going through a difficult time yeah I talked about this before but like there's 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 certain music that you can listen to that you sort of you almost 
you want to feel sad like there's songs you can put on when you're feeling sad and it just lets you sort of sit in that sadness yeah this is a song that allows you to do that in the first half of the song but is very good it motivates you yeah it brings you up at the end and it almost it it can sort of bring you out of it when scott did take his own life this is a song i listened to on repeat and Mm. uh cried an awful lot listened to this song um because it was it was yeah a disastrous time um but it's still a very even despite it in in spite of everything that happened it's still a very uplifting and inspiring message to to listen to i did uh do you remember last summer there was that m5 for 5k thing where it was like you donated five quid and then did 5k yeah i had coincidentally before that started i had started running that summer which let me tell you i have stopped (laughs) (laughs) but um i knew my average time for a 5k yeah and i made a playlist where i i had figured out where that song would play right as i got right as i was finishing like it would finish right as i got home if i did at the right time right and literally i was coming up the hill to my house now that i was gonna die and that bit came on and i like sprinted the last bit home and then lay face down in the garden for about an hour but i was just like yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna run the whole way through this and the idea of that this is like obviously a completely different scenario but the idea of them being like and there's still hopes so i think we'll be fine in my head i was like i am on fire my whole body hurts my lungs are so sore but as soon as i get home like it had just begun to rain but like yeah. just lightly and i was like i'm gonna get lie down on our plastic grass so i'm not gonna get dirty and just lie there and let the rain take me and i'm just gonna listen to frightened rabbit and that was all i was focused on getting up like when i say getting up a hill it's a slight incline yeah. <laughs> but it was at the end of 4.8k and i was like oh, this is the end of me <laughs> i was like i can't i can't do this anymore <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, yeah like, like to go back to like the serious point of that like they um the the hope thing is such a, is such a big thing because that is the thing isn't like like depression like robs you of it like like it, you feel completely hopeless like when the reality for ninety nine percent of people is that, like there is always something that can be done do you know what I mean like there's always yeah. like there's always some help and like obviously some people are in certain circumstances where that maybe isn't the case in like an exceptional circumstance where like there there is other factors come into it where like certain things have to come into play like. But ninety nine majority of the time, the idea of having hope, like it is always there. Um, yeah. That is, the, I think it's just good to have someone be like, no, there is, there is always hope, and people would say they're hopeless, but that's that's simply not true. There is always something can be done better. Like, yeah, there's always something that can improve, even if it's like a billion to one chance. There's still always a chance that something good's gonna happen. Yeah. That's a nice note to leave it on so uh thank you very much for coming on no problem is there anything that you want to plug do you want to be found and if so where can you be found uh i was gonna have my full address there but you just have to edit it out so (laughs) (laughs) if you'd like to find me please come to it (laughs) um no uh i yeah macaroni prince on uh, instagram and uh twitch and unfortunately, it's Macaroni Stew on Twitter. So if everyone could go and report the Macaroni Prince and get him to delete his account, that would be fantastic. That would be a real, a real plus for me. Yep. And uh, yeah, I suppose you could listen to Pointless Reinvention if you want. But I've taken a, a firm stance to not properly plug it. So Yak, you plug it after I go and I'm going to leave. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Thank you.
So that's episode four. Thank you so much for listening. Please do go and check out Mac on Twitch at the Macaroni Print. He's very, very funny. He's putting a lot of work into his streams. He's got a lovely little community going on over there as well. I'm on stream with him usually at least once a week, so come on over and say hi. Also, do check out his podcast, Pointless Reinvention. I know he gave it a really soft sell there at the end, but he called me pretty much straight away afterwards and said that he's going to get in trouble with his co-host. So I'll say Pointless Reinvention is genuinely a very, very funny podcast. It's a great concept. It's a really nice dynamic between the three hosts. So go and check it out. And you can find them on Instagram at PLR underscore pod. If you like this show and you want to support it, please go and follow the, the socials at Mixtape and Identity on Instagram at Mixtape and ID on Twitter. That's where we announce guests and playlists and get involved in the conversation. So tell me what songs you like from this playlist. Do all the other stuff as well. Leave us a nice review. Tell your friends. You know, post it on Instagram. Say something nice about the episode. I'll be back next week for episode five. So in the meantime, take care of yourself and we'll speak to you then.